crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Okay, exhale. The Brewers get back in the winner's column. 3-2 to two, the final today over the Cardinals. I'm Dom Catronio. Craig Cashon's going to join us in just a little bit. I mean, different looking lineup. Wade Miley pitched great. We're going to give him his flowers today. Tyrone Taylor. Brian Anderson had himself a day. Got some key guys into the bullpen that needed some work as well, including Devin Williams, who got the save. Let me start with just a reminder of what the Brewers are facing here in these final now four games. There is nothing the Brewers can do, literally zero, to improve their standing in seeding or opponent, aside from keeping the Cubs out this weekend. So today and tomorrow against the Cardinals are spring training games. Don't overreact to the lineup. Don't overreact to the bullpen. Don't overreact to the length of how starters are going to go. There is literally nothing the Brewers can do to improve their standing. All that matters between now and Tuesday is A, giving work to guys that need it, like Devin Williams. B, giving rest to guys that need it, like your starting pitching, who are probably not going to go more than five or six innings this weekend. Burns tomorrow, Woodruff on Friday, Peralta on Saturday. They're not going to go longer than 70-ish pitches, 80 pitches, if I had to guess. And C, Get your key guys off their feet for a couple of days if you can. Right? No Yelly today. No Adamas today. No Santana today. No Donaldson today. No Canna today. Contreras DH'd. You know, key guys, just give them a breather. It's spring training now. It is spring training from now until Sunday. And if you think, well, well Dom, I, I want to keep the Cubs out. I mean, it, it may not be your call. <laughs> I mean, I want to make sure the Brewers get in with the team that they want to arrive with. You know? You want to be the team that feels fresh and ready to go and force another team to use all of their bits against you. And the Cubs are likely going to be in that position. They lose again tonight to the Braves. Tonight in extra innings, a walk-off single by Ozzie Albies. So here is your up to the second wild card standings after the doubleheader is all finished up in Miami. Again, Philly has clinched the four seed. Philly is guaranteed a home series of the wild card. So they are the top wild card spot. That's not going to change. Arizona, they won today over the White Sox. They are sitting in the two seed, two games clear of Miami. Keep in mind, Miami has the head-to-head on Arizona because Arizona finishes with the White Sox tomorrow, and then they head back home for the Houston Astros, who are going to be fighting for their playoff lives right now. The Astros are up to a 4-1 lead in Seattle in the bottom of the fourth right now. So again, Arizona's in the two seed. Yes, they're up two games, but that's far from over, as Miami is currently in the three seed. Now, 
Though they have the identical record as the Cubs at 82 and 76, again, the head-to-head tiebreaker is the reason why Miami is in. Just keeping an eye on Cincinnati, they're 81 and 78. They lost tonight. So in standings, they're a game and a half back, and they're off tomorrow. And they do not hold the tiebreaker on Miami. They do hold the tiebreaker on both Chicago and Arizona. But if both of those teams win tomorrow, Arizona and Chicago, while Cincinnati is idle, it's virtually over. Their elimination number would be one. So keep that in mind that Cincinnati, they're on life support. They're probably out of it at this point. But again, if the playoffs started tomorrow, which they don't, Milwaukee would host Miami. Philly would host Arizona. The Brewers would feed into the Dodgers. The Phillies and Diamondbacks would feed into the Braves. The Cubs are going to be playing hard this weekend. It looks like it's going to come down to the last day for them, which means you're probably going to see Justin Steele on the last day of the season, which means he would not be available in a wild card series. They would rely on Jamison Tyone, who pitched well today. Maybe Marcus Stroman, who pitches tomorrow. He's still on a pitch count, coming back from a rib cartilage injury. And then finally, yeah, Hendricks is going to pitch on Friday. He would maybe start a game three unless they want to go with Steele on short rest. I don't know what the Cubs would do if they're able to move on and face the Brewers in that final wild card. Keep in mind, Miami, they finished with Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's been playing spoiler this last month. But... Throw out the records this time of year. If you're going to take a team, though, of who you're facing, right? Arizona gets Houston. Miami gets Pittsburgh. Chicago gets the Brewers. I mean, and by the way, Cincinnati, while we're including them, they get the Cardinals. And we'll talk about tonight's game in a moment. But you, you can see why the Cubs are certainly nervous about what they've got coming up this weekend. Let's talk more about tonight's game, shall we? 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. 1620. If you want to join us here on the program this evening, the Brewers win three to two. It actually snaps a streak of seven consecutive one run games that they've lost. Kind of a, a weird number to think about with the Brewers and their great one run record this season. We'll talk all of that. We'll talk Wade Miley. We'll talk Tyrone Taylor had himself a great game today as well. Your texts, your calls, 855 616 1620. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Take a breather. Come back with more after this on WTMJ. Brewers win, Brewers win, Brewers win, 3-2. to two. I'm Dom Catronio. Craig Sean's going to join us in just a little bit. Want to thank one of our newest sponsors here on the program, Network Health. For over 40 years, Network Health has been making health insurance affordable and understandable so you can make the most of your coverage. If you're looking for individual coverage, Medicare Advantage, or even coverage for your employees, visit NetworkHealth.com slash playoffs. And they've got a plan for you. Again, NetworkHealth.com. Slash playoffs. Get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Brian out in Tulsa, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. 
Hey, thanks for taking my call, Dom. Um, yes, sir. I was at the game last night, and you know that was and Sunday we were playing for something we didn't hit. Now tonight, I know we had nothing to play for, so I'm not going to read a lot into tonight. Cardinals threw the ball around. Uh, we didn't exactly kill them. Left-handed pitcher again. You know, I always bring that up. Um, but I think we. I want to face the Marlins. I think that gives us the best shot. I don't trust the Cubs, even if they don't have their pitching lined up. They, they're five and five. We split it even so far this year. So I would be partial to the Mar- Marlins and uh, take our chances and hopefully, you know, go out and take Dodgers out and the Braves pitching is starting to show some cracks. So, I mean, the openings are there, but our offense, you know, 16 runs on Friday and then the next three games we score a total of six. That's still my concern going into the, the playoffs. I agree. I agree. I appreciate the call, Brian. I was thinking about that today. Where the, the Brewers, you know, until that s- sixth inning, it's like, man, they're, they're pretty quiet today once again. And then, you know, it's like, you know what? The hangover game, none of the – this is not even close to a playoff lineup. None of the regulars are in there. Let me give it one more day. Regardless of today's result, and obviously it helps that they won, but they only scored three runs and got some help from the Cardinals, obviously. But in my opinion, I was going to say, let's give it one more day, figure it out, see what's going to happen tomorrow. And tomorrow you got Burns on the mound. I imagine we have a lot more of the regulars back in there. Uh, the other thing about tomorrow that interests me of how the Brewers are going to handle it, look, I, we know what this state does September and October. It becomes Packers country. Packers are playing tomorrow. I, I mean, it's just – it's going to be a create-your-own-energy type game tomorrow given the fact you literally have nothing to play for. Uh, the Cardinals are – you know, zombie walking to the finish line. They want to get this season over with this nightmare of a season over for them. So it's going to be a game where, you know, it's probably not going to be as big of a crowd as you would hope. It's an odd start time on a Thursday, 310. Create your own energy. Let's see what the offense can do tomorrow because you know this crowd's going to be rocking over the weekend against the Cubs because every one of those games is going to matter. This text from Josh in Milwaukee. With the division title now in hand, what do you see as the keys for rest while tuning everything up for Game 1 on Tuesday? Uh, I think Pyomps pitching today was big, and Tom also texts in about this as well. Uh, Pyomps, just seeing how his stuff reacts in, in, in non-high leverage situations, uh, I think is big. Now, granted, he came in today in a tie game, which was which was a different story, but uh, I, I still see a, a lot of contact on his slider. I just want to see if he can refine that pitch. Uh, and I love what I saw from the fastball today as well. I'll welcome in Craig Kishon now here as well on WTMJ. It's a weird lame duck four days now here for the Brewers, Craig, because, you know, you, you want to get rest like we saw today with the starting lineup. But you also, there is a little bit of urgency for a guy like Piomps and for a guy like Devin who hadn't pitched in 10 days to, to make sure that they're feeling right heading into Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. And it is, it is odd times. I, I honestly... I, I don't like it when teams have kind of this dead time before they start the playoffs uh, because you still got to keep guys sharp. Um, and we're seeing that with the starting pitching. I'm um, going to see this one through. But they're not going to see it through all the way like they would a normal game. And then, you you know, you just get the sense it, it's tough for maybe a guy like Piamps to come in and be completely focused uh, when it's just flat out hard to focus. But I, I thought, you know, he did a really good job, and he he was the one guy out of the bullpen. Well, maybe Williams too, 
that that needed some work and needed a good outing. And, um, you know, Williams not pitching for 10 days, certainly uh, it's something he needed to get back in there too. But it is hard. This is uh, – you feel like your, your vehicle's in neutral and you've been riding that thing all season long. And and you need to get somewhere, but you're still kind of stuck in neutral. And you figured, well, I've been waiting to get here all, all season long. I am here, so I can just stay in neutral. It's still not not the greatest feeling in the world, but um, they're handling it really well. I think I, I was actually impressed after you know champagne and beer celebration last night that these guys came out and were able to win this game. So um, I think this is great. Get to get to ninety plus wins here and. Go into the postseason strong. That's what I say. Finish out strong. How about Tyrone Taylor today? Let's let's talk a little about today's game. He's an easy pick for me for the player of the game, brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. You can go to samilwaukee.org to help today. I mean, Tyrone, up to the three spot today. I, I know there weren't regulars in the order, but that's not by accident. And Tyrone Taylor has arguably been – the team's second best player in the second half, only behind William Contreras. And I know Mark Hanna arrived on this team too, but Tyrone, all of a sudden, man, I, I love not only the, the offense, but the defense was good again today too. He's my easy pick for player of the game. Yeah, I think Craig Council said after the game that uh, Taylor is actually leading this team in slugging since the trade deadline, which includes – all the people, all the newcomers that have done really well that we're talking about here and it made such a great impact. He's also kind of the newcomer because he wasn't healthy until the second half, completely healthy, that is, after spending those two stints for long periods of time on the injured list. So what he's doing is nothing short of remarkable because there is no way, there's no way anybody thought this could happen, uh, what he's doing here right now. And, and secondly, there's no way you could count on even half of that production or, or whatever kind of production you want to talk about with him. Um, you, you would just hope that he'd work his way back. He's got great work ethic. Um, this, is, this is not coming easy. This is coming with hard work, a great attitude, um, and, and confidence in, in the guys putting him in the lineup and the guys that he's surrounded by. Now he's providing that spark for a lot of his teammates here right now. So that's pretty cool to see. And you're right. He is slugging, not just since the trade deadline, but in the second half, he's slugging 537. Nobody else is above 500. William Contreras is close. He's at 498. Uh, 13 doubles, 8 homers, 29 driven in, uh, 30, or excuse me, he's got a triple, the eight bombs, five for five in stolen bases. He's done a little bit of everything while hitting 272. And he's a good example of what production looks like with strikeouts, right? We talk about all the time that, and Craig Council said this before, you live with strikeouts for a certain amount of production. And Tyrone Taylor is a perfect example. Yeah, he strikes out. I mean, he, he strikes out about one every three and a half, four at-bats. But when he's putting up the team's best lucky percentage in the second half, still hitting an average of over 270. He's got an OPS over 850. He's doing his job. And, you know, he's in the three-hole today. He's not going to be a three-hole in the playoffs. But if that guy's going to be batting eighth or ninth in the playoffs, sign me up. Yeah. And I'm telling you, though, with all the numbers that we're, we're spitting out here over two months play, 
I think you got to do your best to keep them higher up in the lineup and, and help that group of guys around them there. But um, they, they have their, their theories on stuff. We'll see where he ends up. The, the other thing, too, down with him, and, and you have these, I'm sure, at your fingertips, but uh, again, tonight, the seventh inning, there's two down. And he comes through with a big base hit again, big RBI knock, and and he's been he's been doing a lot of damage uh, with two outs, becoming a clutch guy, um, and that's that's also another developing storyline with him, and, and a reason that you got to find one of those three outfield spots for him every single playoff game until he shows that he can't handle it, which I doubt very much that's going to be the case. Yeah, in situations late and close, he's hitting 286. He's got three homers. He's got three doubles as well. Uh, when we look at Tyrone Taylor with two outs, comes back down a little more to earth, but still uh, an OPS over 700. He's got eight runs batted in with two outs. But that's been the theme of this team in the second half, right? Just rallies, not necessarily home runs. And look, I'm not totally thrilled with three runs, but then I think, well, wait a minute. It was three runs with essentially the the backup squad with the spring training attitude today, and there's still a lot to like about what the Brewers were able to put together today. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we've talked, uh, you know, at great length about the depth of this team and some of those guys that don't get a chance to start every day and play a ton uh, I will get their opportunities here. This this was uh, with five games remaining, including today's game. So you got four left after this. And I, and I, I bring up the depth part because you know these guys are just going to keep fighting, and they're going to keep they're going to keep doing whatever it takes just to finish out the season strong. I I also think that when the Cubs get here on Friday. I know they're they're starting to slip a bit, but they're still technically tied for that third playoff spot uh, in the wild card race. They don't hold the tiebreakers. You know that the Brewers are going to do whatever they can to beat the Cubs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and and make sure that Milwaukee might be the lone rep out of the division, and and they would earn that right to do that. It's it's what called competition and rivals is all about. So. Uh, a chance to add a chapter to the book here this weekend, that's for sure. It's uh, a fun stretch of baseball the Brewers get to look forward to. And obviously it's going to be rocking with the Cubs too, but it's just kind of fun to sit back and kind of enjoy it all, right? Like I had picture and picture up on my iPad earlier today, keeping track of all the other games and letting the chaos happen. And whew, I, I, I'm just, I'm fired up, man. Like I know it's weird. I kind of want to get through this Cardinal series ASAP because it's weird, but I know it's going to be rocking. There's going to be plenty of Cubs fans here, and I know there would be a lot of Cubs fans here for a wild card series too. But I, I, I kind of enjoy sitting in this rocking chair. Like, all right, let's uh, let's start getting some scouting together, see who the Brewers going to play, and uh, see what's going to happen coming up next week. Yeah, and and speaking of scouts, Tom, we we've seen a ton uh, come mm-hmm. through here the last couple of days, and and that you know, in, in a weird way, that gets me in the playoff. Uh, you know, good playoff mood as well. When when you know um, there are there are some high quality long term people that have been in this business that are evaluating your guys, trying to figure out your pitching staff, trying to see how they match up. Um, all of that. There's there's so much that goes into it. Uh, but to me, that you know internally, uh, that that's one of the perks of having this job when we can, you know, spend some time sometimes talking 
with those guys and, and picking their brains a little bit and just listening to a conversation where, you know, they'll, they'll bring in one of your brewer players and you're like, Hmm, I never thought about that angle you're talking about there. So, um, that, that's, uh, that's also kind of a neat perk. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Cardinals and the game and looking ahead to tomorrow coming up next, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay with us right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Let's get to our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. You can forget commissioned sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning. It's all customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Difference-making moment. Brewers win. Three to two. I'm Don Catronio. Craig Kishan, you have the floor. Well, there sure were a lot of uh, great defensive plays made over on the Brewers side today, but I, I think the the last one may have been the best in my opinion, and and potentially saved the game for Milwaukee in the eighth inning when uh, Chafin had a couple of opportunities and in, in some plays over at first base uh, with Rowdy Telez. The first one. Uh, uh, it was uh, overturned uh, on the call, but the second chance he got over there to end that eighth inning, complete a double play. That's a that's a three six one. That is a that is uh, a bang 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 play, and the and the pitcher has to be there in a hurry and be in place. And I thought he did a wonderful job. It's all about footwork over there. For first baseman, how about a pitcher that doesn't get over there very often? Um, to me, that helped preserve that 3-2 lead. What's the hardest double play to turn in baseball? The good old 3-6-1 double play. And, and, Craig, I know you know the answer to this. What's the first thing that happens every spring training on the field? What's the first thing they do? Pitchers go to work with their defense, my friend. PFPs, baby. Pitcher fielding practice. And it came off, uh, paid off today. I certainly agree with that pick. And if I want to be a contrarian – if I want to go with something different, how about the decision to intentionally walk William Contreras in the seventh inning? Uh, obviously, Tyrone Taylor had an RBI double his last time up. He had been one for three at that point in the game. They still had Libertor on in relief. So it's kind of like a pick-your-poison moment, right, where it's like, all right, well, William Contreras is a top-five player in baseball against left-handed pitching. Or we go with Tyrone Taylor. You know, he, he's got a double today, but maybe we can get him today. And he made him pay right off the bat. There's a little bit of an edge, right, to a guy that says, oh, you're going to walk in the face of me? Watch this. And boom, he, he made an impact immediately. Yeah, that that's always uh, even more exciting to watch because – you know how hard these guys fight, and and then you start messing around with their egos and uh, and their emotions a little bit. And if if you want to fire somebody up in this game of baseball, uh, that's certainly one way to do it. When a guy's got a bat in his hand, that's for sure. So uh, great, great job by Tyrone Taylor to to come through with that. His last two at bats were were doubles. They brought in runs and a uh, big play right there for sure. That intentional walk's a good call. Let me uh, go with a bigger scope here real quick and talk about the game, but also on a bigger level. Wade Miley. I mean, I, I can't think of a, a better way for him to bounce back this year. Obviously, he wasn't healthy the entire season, but here's his final stretch for the regular season. Here's his final numbers. A 9-4 and four record, 23 starts, 120 innings, 
Uh, opponents only hit 223 off of him. And he, he had a 314 ERA. And for a guy that, you know, there was health concerns and thought about retiring this offseason, to suddenly deliver 23 starts for a great team, stay healthy for the majority of the season, and just was solid as can be. What another pickup. What another development job by the Brewers to trust that Wade Miley can get himself right and continue to get better throughout the season. And kudos to Wade Miley, man, because this is going to be one of those – he's not necessarily an unsung hero because he's pretty darn well sung, but I can't see the Brewers being in this position without Wade Miley and how well he has pitched this season. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're around the game every day and you, you're a, you know, a great baseball enthusiast, you know that Wade Miley is on this Brewer team and has been in the rotation for much of the season and has been a contributor. But, but if you're a little more of the casual fan and you pay attention to uh, big names and numbers, you, you really don't know he's in this rotation. Uh, but the impact he made uh, all season long has been off the charts. And, and we've talked about uh, his leadership uh, in the clubhouse, about his his leadership, really of of leading this entire staff. You know, it's a it's a follow me, watch me, do as I do type of thing. Listen to what I say, and um, you know, we we've talked a lot about that type of an impact, which is great for him. But I tell you what, Dom, you you just bringing up his name and and the signing that they did with him when he was signed, I was really questioning the signing at the time because I it seemed to me that the Brewers had like 10 starting pitchers and and he was like 10th on that list when they signed him uh and then they gave him a nice one-year deal um but he wanted to come back and it just it just reminds myself and everybody else uh the starting pitching depth in this league is fragile and it's so necessary and you just can't go out and say, I'm going to need 10 or 12 starting pitchers and just go get anybody. Uh, that turned out to be um, as good a pickup as William Contreras in, in my book. Um, and they were a pretty good one-two punch together this year, too. They're really fun. And, and the other thing with Wade, he's not going to be needed for another start until the NLCS. Now, he could appear out of a bullpen or something changes between now and that NLCS, you know. He's not going to make a start in the wild card series. He could maybe appear out of the bullpen in a length role. I imagine he'll be on the roster for the NLDS. I don't think they'll need him in the uh, wild card series. So, uh, hat tip to Wade Miley and uh, whatever his future holds. Wish him nothing but the best. One other guy I wanted to bring up, and Craig Council talked about this a lot in his post game presser, and we'll play that for a little bit later here on the show. But Brian Anderson, the baseball player. B.A., a couple of hits today, including scoring the go-ahead run, uh, a heads-up base running play. I, I think Brian Anderson, the word that was used, and I really liked how they described this, is professional. And, yes, he knows he hasn't been playing a lot. The Brewers know he hasn't been playing a lot. And it's his first start in like a month. It's first multi-hit game since the first half. And the dude showed up ready to play at the ballpark today. And I, I again, I tip my cap. I say that's what a professional looks like to all the rookies in this clubhouse. Even when things are going down, things aren't going your way. B.A. showed up to the ballpark today, and he held the Brewers win a game. 
Well, you know, Don, we weren't in the conversations, you know, if there was more than one or there are multiple ones, you know, between him and Counts and and how, uh, you know, these final games in the final month to six weeks were going to go down. Uh, But I've never seen anything like it in all the years I've covered this team to have, you know, a guy on your roster that you're basically not going to use as as a position player or batter or pinch hitter uh, for such a long stretch of time. I've just never seen it before. And that's just fact. Um, But it's also a big time fact that they had the right line of communication between the player and the manager to have this guy accept this. A lot of guys would have asked, hey, why don't you just release me, see if I can catch on with somebody else. I'm healthy. Um, but, you know, whatever they agreed to, uh, the case was for him to stay. And, you know, sometimes out of nowhere, something, something happens to your team in the postseason where you need this guy again. Uh, and, and he comes through for you like he did today. I was really impressed by his approach. He had a couple of big, big hits. He made some nice plays over at third base. He showed off his arm. Uh, and and that's all from a guy that has barely touched the field for over a month. So I give a lot of credit to him. I Again, I, I just have not seen that before, and um, it, it is unique to say the least. It's been uh, it's something he can certainly be proud of as he's a free agent to be again coming up next year as he was non-tendered by the Marlins. And uh, if the Brewers end up facing the Marlins, I'm sure he'd love to factor in some way, but I don't know if he'll even be on the playoff roster. He'll be in the building, that's for sure. But the Brewers just get to sit back and relax and see who they're going to face coming up next Tuesday. Tickets are on sale now, brewers.com slash postseason. We know it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday if necessary. We do not know the opponent. We do not know the game time yet. But we do know that Craig Kishon continues to bring us the best analysis all season long. Craig, appreciate you as always, my friend, and we'll chat with you soon. Sounds good, Dom. Take care. All right, Craig Kishon here on WTMJ. We'll talk more. We'll hear from Craig a little bit later on as well. Stay with us, WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Who's Hot? It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust you and your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. You can get a $1,000 instant rebate on a Dakin AC or furnace unit. That goes through the end of October. Financing is available. Visit SEIDER.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Just a real quick thought. I, I was just kind of flabbergasted that the defense played in today's game by the Cardinals. Uh, obviously, only one error technically in the in the box score on the throw in from left field when uh, Karakuto was just not looking for a ball at third base for some reason. That allowed Ty- Tyrone Taylor to get the third. But then you could, you know, put an error on Luke and Baker not getting the ball out of his glove and Herrera thinking it was a force out at the plate that allowed Tyrone to score the tying run. Uh, and then just the odd defense of this game. It, it was just a weird zombie walk game. And I don't know, man, I, I've just been burned so many times by the Cardinals over there. It's like, Oh, uh, they still got a run in them. I, they, they still got something going, right? They, they still, they still can put some, Nope. They're, they're eliminated. It's true. It, it really happened. I was catching up with their B reporters earlier today. It's just like, what has it been like this season? It's just been such an odd year. And I was joking with Katie Wu and Derek Gold, Katie Wu of the Athletic and Derek Gold of the uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch, of just, hey, I remember when you guys were here in April and it was a slow start and you were like, oh, I just want to write about something happy. This clubhouse vibes is off right now. And here we are in September. It's like, 
let me go home. Let me please go home. It's just wild. I can't believe this happened for the Cardinals. And, and all signs, you know, looking ahead, all signs say that, you know, there's not going to be any changes. Ali Marmol has already been given a vote of confidence by his general manager, John Mozeliak, who hired him. And John Mozeliak has a vote of confidence from his ownership. And he's hinted at changes on the player development side of things. But I don't know. Uh, it's kind of wild that you look back at 2017, the Marlins traded uh, for uh, the Marlins traded Marcelo Zuna to the Cardinals, where they also traded Christian Yelich to the Brewers. Uh, the return for Marcelo Zuna was Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, and two other big leaguers, Dan Castano and Manuera Sierra. And of course, the Brewers package that was sent to the Marlins was not nearly as impactful as that package was for Ozuna, who ended up leaving two years later anyway, but Lewis Brinson, Isan Diaz, Monte Harrison, and Jordan Yamamoto. I mean, and Monte Harrison's back in the organization. So it's funny how things work, man. It's really funny how things work. Want to hear from the manager? How about Craig Council? What he had to say in the first day as the division champ in 2023. Here's Craig. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the game, we, we were set out for those three guys, for, for um, Abner, Yoel, and uh, Devin to pitch tonight. Um, so it, uh, you know, went to script pretty good tonight, um, which is great, which is great. That's, you know, that's what we're going to try to, we're going to try to do some of that for sure. And so, uh, you know, that it worked out first night is good, helpful. Craig, to get um, Brian Anderson a start finally, a couple hits. He's been a he's been a professional throughout all yeah. all this. Um, how good is it to see that that patience yeah. kind of rewarded? No, absolutely. I mean, I, Brian has been a, a total professional through this, um, and it's been it's been noted by everybody for sure. And it's not not an easy position that we put him in. Um, I certainly acknowledge that, um, but. You know he he's stayed ready, um, and, and night like tonight shows that he stayed ready. So um, glad, ha- happy he had a good game. He had a big part in the win. Craig, in the in the big picture, like what Wade Miley gave you guys the season, twenty three starts, three one four ERA, probably exceeded maybe the yeah. starts you're anticipating. And yeah, was. yeah. I mean, I think one of the big keys to the season for sure. Um, you know, when you, you sign Wade and I think, you know, you're, we know that it's not, it's not going to be a, a 170 inning season. Um, but that it's really the quality that he delivered more than as much as anything. I mean, he just, he just pitched very, very well. Um, and he gave us exactly what we needed. It ended up being like real glue, like what he did. So, um, you know, we couldn't ask for any more. I was, you know, Wade did a heck of a job, and it's it's a great sign for us. It was a great sign for us for sure. And just and then, I think Wade's had a big impact just in our clubhouse as well. Um, uh, he's just he's a baseball rat. That's uh, the best way to say it. He, he really is, and he's got a great head for the game. Um, and he's fun to be around. Craig, in that short series at the beginning, is the door open to him pitching? Like, you know, if you need multiple innings behind one of your starters. Is that is the door open to that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The other guy tonight, Craig, and really the last 
week, couple, 10 days, couple of weeks, whatever it is, is Tyrone just coming through in spots to have the depth that he gives you, you know, behind some of the other outfielders, um, you know, what kind of difference does that make? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Tyrone's a pretty primary piece right now. Um, the way he's played the second half of the season, so um, he's he's had a great second half. I mean, he, he's been one of our. If you, I don't know what the numbers are, but if you put the second half numbers up there, I I would say he's, you know, it's it's Mark and William and and, and probably Tyrone are the three guys that are probably sitting up the top there. So he's been a he's just all around player. Um, you know, that's what that's what keeps you in the lineup you know when maybe you're not swinging the bat that well his um his defense you know is always there his base running is always there um and that's what keeps getting you chances out there the uh, the brewers they've, they've just found a way to plug and play plug and play find a way to keep a guy in the rotation enough now brian anderson has not really been in a rotation and they just find a way, like, all right, hey, this guy's going to provide. This guy's going to provide. And he's sum it all up there at 89 wins. You got a chance for another 90-win season. Just one more win of these next four games. Another 90-win season. And I remember, I remember. Now, I'm not Deion Sanders. I didn't keep receipts. But I remember there were a lot of folks laughing at me when I said this team could win 90 games this offseason. And in May, when they were 500. In June, when they were 500. They never got below 500 after the first week of the season, you know, when they were 0-1. That was the only time they were below 500 this year, 0-1. And now they got a chance for another 90-win season. This is excellence because of how deep the roster is, the construction, the glue guys, like Council said with Miley, guys that are always ready like Anderson, Tyrone's healthy, role players like Terang, who made a nice play there in the ninth inning. There's lots to like, man. There's a lot to like. We're going to hear some highlights. We're going to relive it coming up next. Brewers win 3-2. Stay with us, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. All right, first full day as a division champion. The Brewers are from the Cardinals. Game two of this three-game series. Wade Miley, Zach Thompson, a pair of southpaws on the mound. However, it would be one nothing Cardinals early in this game on a sack fly for Mason Wynn, but that would be the only run allowed by Wade Miley today, but the offense was slow to arrive. In the sixth, they made it 2 nothing after Abiribe was wild for the first time in a while, but the Brewers respond, responded in the bottom of the sixth inning. It all started with a leadoff double by William Contreras, the next batter, Tyrone Taylor. A smash, fair down the left field line, and there's one in. The second run going to second on a double. And now to third on a missed throw from left field. There's the tying run, and there's nobody out at third base. Yeah, the throw in from left field just kind of went to nobody in particular. Caracudo had his back turned in the throw from Palacio, so that put him to third base. Two batters later, Rowdy Telez with the infield in. Rowdy a bouncer, and the play is going to be For whatever reason, Baker, not that he threw home, but he bobbled it. He bobbled it, and the catcher Herrera, for some reason, 
didn't try to tag Tyrone Taylor, who would have been a sitting duck. An odd Cardinal Way defensive moment. Nonetheless, the Brewers don't mind. It's tied 2-2. Two two. In the very next inning, another rally forms. A leadoff double from Brian Anderson. He got to third on an odd stolen base moment. And with two outs and after an intentional walk to William Contreras, there's Tyrone again. Swing and a ball into the gap in left center. Anderson scores. Contreras on his way to third. The throw to second base. Taylor slides, holds the bag. It's an RBI double for Tyrone Taylor. The Cardinals put Contreras on ahead of Tyrone Taylor, and Taylor makes him pay. Second double of the ball game, and the Brewers have a 3-2 lead. Jeff Levering's call here on WTMJ. So they hang on the lead, but they need to get some work in for the bullpen and save some key guys. Yoel Payams had already thrown the seventh inning, and so Andrew Chafin would have the eighth inning, and it was eventful. A leadoff single, then a walk, then a pop-out. Then an infield hit that was reviewed after a weird play at first. Bases loaded, one out, needing some help from his defense. 2-1 delivery. Swing a bouncer, hit to Talenz. He'll go to second for one. Andrew Chapin hung on to the bag and the ball. This time on a perfect throw from Terang. Another one started by Rowdy Telez, and the return throw with Chapin covering, hanging on, and they double up St. Louis. It was a huge moment, Mr. Baseball, on the call. Devin Williams, despite a couple of walks in the ninth, leaves him stranded, gets the save, his 36th of the year, and the Brewers win 3-2. to two. They still await. Who will be their opponent in the wild card round? We'll update the standings after this and get you ready for the finale. Cardinals and Brewers of the 2023 season head-to-head. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Well, big day of Wisconsin sports, eh? Dame. Packers play tomorrow. I think the Badgers volleyball win again. So big day. Very, very big day. The Brewers, of course, are NL Central champions. Want to thank Wintrust, proud to be Wisconsin's bank and proud partner of the Milwaukee Brewers. Wintrust, different approach, better results. Tomorrow, odd start time. You can have an all-day sports day. Brewers will play at 310 tomorrow. 310, odd start time. I know we're making room for you for the Packers tomorrow night. We will, yes, we will have Brewers extra innings after the game tomorrow. So we will be reacting to it live. I know it's a weekday, but hey, playoff push is on. So let me give you a little programming note. We're on the air tomorrow at 2.35 with the uh, network pregame show. We've got you for Brewers Extra Innings after the game. Then it'll go into WTMJ Nights, and then we'll wait on the Packers to finish up, and we've got you for Green Bay Game Night right after that game is finished. Uh, The... Upcoming week as well, the Brewers are back to their traditional schedule for the weekend against the Cubs. Friday night will be a 7-10 first pitch. Saturday night at 6-10 first pitch. And then everybody plays at the same time on Sunday. So the Brewers will be playing at 2-10. 2-10 is the start time on Sunday. And we'll have coverage for you all weekend long. Then finally... Brewers extra innings after every game this weekend and tomorrow. 
And finally, on Monday, I'm very excited for this. Monday, we're going to have our Hunt for Brew October show coming right up. Uh, We're working on a location for that. Really hope that you can join us uh, in person. But we will have our official playoff preview show here on uh, WTMJ as we prepare for the Brewers. Heading into the wild card round, we'll obviously know who the opponent is by then for the crew. But that will be uh, live from 6 to 8, the Brew October show coming up on Monday night. So really looking forward to that. Then we'll have games on Tuesday and Wednesday for sure. TBD on Thursday. And then the game times will be announced at the end of the night on Sunday. For Obviously, you'll know the opponents. ESPN will pick who they want for what crew and all that fun stuff and figure out what's going to happen based on the quality of matchups. So we got a lot of content coming up leading up to that wild card game, wild card series, I should say. It's not just a singular game anymore. It's a best of three. All three games, if necessary, would be here at American Family Field. We've got you covered in podcast form or live right here on WTMJ. Tomorrow, Corbin Burns, his final start, of the regular season. He'll be going up against right-hander Dakota Hudson Burns. Looking to cross 200 strikeouts once again. It will be the third consecutive year that he does so, crossing over that uh, key benchmark for starting pitchers, 234 in 2021. He led the National League last year with 243. He obviously won't reach that plateau this year, but he can still got a chance to get over 200. He also currently leads the National League in whip, so something to keep an eye on. He won't get over 200 innings this season, but uh, I imagine it will be a lighter, just focused start for him and get him ready for the postseason. Then over the weekend, it'll be Brandon Woodruff on Friday against the Cubs, and then uh, Freddie Peralta on Saturday, and then likely we'll see Adrian Hauser on Sunday. Uh, it will matter probably a lot more for the Cubs than it will for the Brewers. One last reminder as you start your day here, if you're listening on podcast form, if you're ending the night here with us on WTMJ on Wednesday night, the standings as they go right now, it is still the Marlins as the opponents for the wild card series because they have the tiebreaker head to head on the Cubs. I know they have the same record, but it's Miami who has the head to head. So Philly would host Arizona, Milwaukee would host Miami. And the Cubs would be out. The Cubs cannot have a tie. So they're going to be playing down to the wire, and they're going to try to avoid a sweep tomorrow against the Atlanta Braves. Scoreboard watching season is in full effect right now. Thank you so much for tuning in here tonight on Brewers Extra Innings. We're back with you again tomorrow, 310, odd start time tomorrow for the first pitch for the finale with the Redbirds. Uh, my thanks to Craig Kishon for joining us and for our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.